Welcome to the Wealth with Purpose podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Catching up with Alex Cook from Wealth with Purpose. Good morning, Alex. How are you? Well, I'm very well, Ross. Good to be back. It's uh, good to be in a new financial year. It changes the dynamics a little bit, doesn't it? Absolutely. Hard, hard to believe, isn't it? Every <laughs> yes. year I get older, it all just speeds up. The financial years and the Christmases, they all keep rolling by. <laughs> well, very, very true. Uh, well, we've, uh, we're going to look at being a new financial year. We're going to be looking at uh, doing a bit of a restructuring of our finance. But I think in order to do that, we need to take a, a bit of a larger picture going on at the moment. And of course, with multiple interest rate rises, we've had our Prime Minister talk about uh, there is a bit of a disparity uh, economically going on. Uh, a bit of a class thing, I guess, going on there as well. So let's take a look at that wider picture. What is happening in the wider economic world? Mm, well, you're right. I think it's there is some things going on that uh, you know we need to to look at, and, and obviously look at through a biblical lens. Um, and one was an interesting survey that came out the other day from Roy Morgan, their Wealth Report of 2023, and basically talks about the nation's wealth over the past three years, and it's increased about seven percent over the last three years. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of that, uh, interestingly, is all through house prices. House prices have risen dramatically over that three years. Uh, and our house prices, like the total housing stock, if you like, is worth almost $6 trillion, mm. a massive uh, sum of money. But in one sense, it sounds good that they're going up for some, for, but it's only really good for those that are in. It's actually, in one sense, of no real benefit to anyone. I think to a society, you know, you, you want house prices just to trickle up. Mm. Instead, they've gone up at 43% over that uh, three-year period, which is massive. Interestingly, though, the debt has gone up at a greater rate than our wealth. Um, and so that's probably uh, a negative from a, a long-term perspective. But I think here's the really interesting part, and that was that out of the survey came the fact that 95.4% of the wealth is held by the top 50% of the country. So the bottom 50% only hold 4.6% of the wealth. Um, and so that raises a lot of equality questions. And what's happening to that bottom 50%? Are they getting uh, poorer? Are they getting, you know, because it's, okay if we're all growing together but it's a bit of a concern when half the population only controls you know just over four percent of the wealth uh and what we're finding is that the bottom 10 percent, so the absolute bottom 10 mm. uh getting into more debt and they're actually going backwards they're the only group whose wealth over the last three years actually declined and another interesting stat that came out of the report that and it's probably no surprise in one sense but the top one percent uh, are all owners of property. Only one percent of them rent. So that's not nice. really a big surprise, and that's probably a good argument, I think, for homeownership over the long term. Uh, I think in the short term, there's lots of legitimate arguments for buying versus renting, um, and vice versa. But the point being uh, is obviously, and no surprise, that owning your own home is a good thing over the long term. But I do think it is a concern that only the, that the bottom fifty percent only control four point six percent of the wealth. I think that. If that continues, that trend, that will be very problematic uh, socially. What is the Christian perspective on inequality? Yeah, look, it's an interesting question because it all comes down to what you mean. If it was simply just a case of one person having more money than another, then I think it's kind of pointless. The fact that uh, someone has more money than me, like uh, Bill Gates, you know, so what? Mm. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Where it becomes an issue, though, is when the inequality exists, but those who are, are, you know, who are doing less well have 
barriers in front of, front of them that hinder their ability to reach their full potential and to experience a dignified life. So that to me is where inequality is a problem. So the fact that you and I may have different amounts of money is irrelevant. I don't think it's a big deal. It's the bigger issue is are those who are at the struggling end, are they being hindered from opportunities? Are they being marginalised? Are they being oppressed? Are they not able to get ahead? That's when inequality becomes a real issue. And so I think from a Christian perspective, we want to help people to break down those barriers and we want to help those that are disadvantaged in our society. And in fact, I mean, Jesus, you know, when you look at he teaches you know, us as believers is to love our neighbours as ourselves and to treat others how we'd want to be treated. Mm. So if we were in those difficult situations, how would we want to be helped out of them so that we could make some of our lives and, uh, you know, get ahead and reach our full potential? So that to me is the, the biblical aspect. We want to make sure that people's lives, not that we're all equal, not that we all have equal amounts of money or anything like that, but more that uh, there are no barriers in the way of people being able to achieve uh, what God had intended for them. I guess it begs the question then, is inequality always bad? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the answer in one sense is no. I mean, as I say, uh, from a financial perspective, does one person having more money than another, that in and of itself is not the problem. And what's interesting, and a lot of Christians don't really realise this, but in heaven, we will not all be equal. The, the Bible is crystal clear that each of us are going to be rewarded according to what we've done in this life. Mm. Well, I actually call this your kind of divine incentive. <laughs> you know, God <laughs> wants you to focus on building his kingdom and, and glorifying him. And sometimes that means, you know, giving up things in this world uh, for the good of the gospel. And, and so inequality in and of itself is, is not always bad, but the issue is, uh, is it such in our society that some people are unable to get ahead. That mm. to me is the, the real issue that there's barriers in the way that are stopping people. And that's when, it's, that's when it's bad. And that's what as Christians we should be trying to do something about. What can we as uh, Christians do to reduce that uh, inequality in a meaningful way? Uh, look, I think this is the exciting thing. because I think this is where we can make a massive impact on our society. And I might say that Christians have had enormous impact on our society in the West and caused it to prosper because of things that we've done to help people and to reduce inequality uh, over the last couple of hundred years. Uh, and in fact, Proverbs speaks to this. Proverbs uh, chapter 31, verses 8 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly and defend the rights of the poor and needy. So there's an obligation on us as uh, believers to, to stick up for people that are struggling and can't do it themselves. We're there to, to be their advocates, if you like. And as I say, Christians have done amazing things. If you consider many of the hospitals, uh, many of the education institutions, the abolition of uh, slavery, you know, you know, William Wilberforce doing that over mm. the UK. And so all, all these amazing things that Christians have done have helped make our society more equal and allowed everyone to flourish and to benefit. So I think there's many things we can do. But at another level, there's other things we can do. I, I would encourage people to give strategically. So when you think about the, the money that we have and, you know, God calls us to live generously and to give money away, give strategically to things that are going to help lift people out of poverty. You know, one I love is microfinance because you're basically lending money to, to poor people, small amounts to start their own business and, and, and get ahead and, 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 you know, provide for their families, hire staff, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's one really simple one. Another one is advocating for fairer policies, promoting access to education and healthcare, 
but interestingly, I think if you look at the church, and, and by this I mean like the, the body of Christ uh, and the local church, if you like, what an awesome opportunity we have to extend care and support to people in need within our own local communities. And I think that's the, the wonderful gift that is the body of Christ that God has given us because we can solve a lot of problems at a very localized level by working together as believers to help people around us. You know, if someone's, if you're a pastor listening to this now, you know, ask yourself, what can you get your congregation mobilized to do to solve the needs in your local community? That to me is a massive opportunity. I mean, the one that I've, I've often wondered about is, you know, how many kids go to school in Australia each day on an empty stomach? You know, we think of it as this enormous prosperous nation, but the reality is there are people who are struggling and kids are going to school with empty stomachs. So there's so look, and that's just one of many issues. There's, yeah. there's plenty, but the point being is the church can solve these issues. We need to put our mind to it. We need to put aside our own concerns because often we're, you know, we're, we're so westernized now, if you like, and become uh, very, you know, no surprise here, materialistic and individualistic. So we're being caught up in the world, if you like. But if we step back and say, uh, we're enormously blessed, what are we going to do to bless those around us? Uh, there's a, you know, there's a huge gap and there's a huge opportunity for us to fill. Yeah, it's great. We've uh, taken a global picture and uh, we've end up, ended up uh, honing that down to how it affects us in our own lives. Catching up with Alex Cook from Wealth With Purpose, you do have a massive wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, to finances, but also uh, scripture as well in the picture. We're looking at uh, being in a new financial year. Uh, perhaps it's time for a uh, fresh financial start. Alex, thanks for your time today. My pleasure, Ross. Good to be with you. Thanks for tuning into the Wealth With Purpose podcast. For more great biblical wisdom and free resources, please visit www.wealthwithpurpose.com.